Recording, recording, this is episode three. You're listening to The Heart Picker. I'm Lara, and this is episode three. I'm so lazy, I don't do the things that are good for me. Right. You know? The thing is, we have to become very curious. Is that why is it that I don't do the things that nourish my soul? And how can I do more of that? And what are those things? And just being curious about that. So there's always been a lot of talk on how having a routine is what contributes to your success. In fact, morning routines of famous successful people are always a hit when it comes to wellness content, whether it's on YouTube, blogs, books. There is a book called The 5 a.m. Club by Robin Sharma with like an amazing story and mentality on how waking up at 5 a.m. and having a set routine with like the 44, no, 20-20-20 rule which means 20 minutes for writing, 20 minutes for reading, and 20 minutes for exercising. And in the writing part, there's meditation included in that. He believes that this is the best way to to start out your day and that the most successful people have this 5 a.m. routine. That's why he calls it the 5 a.m. club. It's a common notion that the most successful people are where they are because they have a solid routine. And this idea of routine actually goes way back. I mean, you see it in all of the parent books. Uh, the biggest advice is that children need routine as they grow up. They need the same bedtimes, the same wake-up times. And whoever's listening to this who is from America or Canada, I'm not sure about Europe, but you're probably used to this. This is nothing new. And you, you probably had a very steady sleep schedule growing up. I remember when I'd go to Canada to visit my dad's friends because we'd, we'd go to Canada every summer. I am from Venezuela, but uh, my dad is Canadian. So we'd go to Canada and visit, you know, stay with his friends all the time. And he'd have a lot of them had young kids and they'd get up at 6 a.m. and go to bed by 7 p.m. when the sun hadn't even gone down. I remember that being crazy because I never had that growing up in Venezuela. Part of it was because my parents got separated when I was really young and they both have very different lifestyles. And another part of it was just because, well, it's really not that common for kids to go to bed early in South America, no matter what their age is. We're we're not really big on routine here. So in the recent months, in all of this quarantine wellness area, we've been listening to a lot of people say, you need a routine in order to survive this. You need some structure in your days. Well, I've been working on this since even before the quarantine because I've been working from home for the last year and a half now. And it's been a struggle. It's been, <laughs> it's been a struggle because I didn't grow up with this. So going to bed at a early time and waking up early wasn't ever easy, even when I was in school. And I, I'll be honest, I'm still struggling with that right now. And I've been thinking a lot about this thing of having a routine and how to do it, how to incorporate it, because it's such a challenge for me. And yeah, I have daily habits like yoga, meditation, exercise. I used to do reading and writing every day. 
now I have this podcast, which has kind of turned my days upside down a bit, meaning that I've had to put a hard pause on reading and writing because I just didn't have mental space for it. And that's okay. That's okay. As I learn to, you know, develop a new system, um, figure out how long the tasks of a podcast last, then I can start putting it back my other routines in, such as making collage, writing, reading, etc. I have been able to maintain yoga, meditation, and exercise though. Even if I have to cut it shorter or, yeah, even if it's just like a five-minute meditation or 10-minute yoga, 20-minute exercise, it doesn't matter. That I have maintained because it's very important. There was a week where I couldn't do exercise like any day, but... That's the thing. It was only a week. I don't let that get to me, right? Uh, the next week, I start again. Even if it's like just two days or three days a week that I can get an exercise in, that's fine. This week, I've been able to, this week and last week, I've been able to get back on track. So that's awesome. It's all about progress. Now, here's the thing that I struggle with in terms of routines it's really not about the discipline. I feel like I've, when 2019 ended or no when 2018 ended maybe I can't remember I always do my new year resolutions and I remember I wrote in how discipline was something that I really wanted to work on and develop because I'd procrastinate I just didn't get the work in and I feel like I've I've accomplished that that's the thing about new year resolutions I work on goals that are long term not just like I need, I want to get fit. No, I, I mean, I set in something that, that takes time and takes work. I want to be a more disciplined person. And I think that the fact that I finally got this podcast out is a demonstration of the fact that I've improved in my discipline. So I think that I've, I've you know, I'm, I've got that covered. I've been pretty consistent with my exercise and maybe not with meditation as much as I would like to, but Again, it's this routine thing that is hard for me. And here's why. I have a very hard time sticking to the same pattern every day and doing the same thing in the same order every day, which is the idea that I have about routines. I don't know about you, but this is what I think about when someone says a routine. It means I do this and then I do this and then I do this and it's always in the same order, same time, every single day. I hate monotony 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 <laughs> you guys are gonna have to um be patient with me I am bilingual but I I make mistakes with language sometimes and I can speak a little funny and some words are hard to pronounce for me but um anyway yeah I I like change I like doing new things every day or every week it's very hard for me to stick to the same to the you know like the same breakfast every day, for example. I can't do that. Or um, even yoga. I can't do the same yoga instructor, or yoga class, or yoga studio, or same yoga style every day. I need to switch it up. I love kundalini yoga, for instance. And I was doing that every morning before just to energize myself. It's the best thing ever, by the way. Breath of fire, that thing will get you going, even if you're tired. And I really liked it. And it was working for me. But then after two weeks, I had to kind of, you know, okay, switch it up do something else and it may be just doing like a simple meditation or another type of yoga or no, you know nothing at all sometimes I, I just cannot get up here's the thing I, I work at 6 a.m I teach English online to kids in China 
So, so sometimes I have class starting at 6 a.m. and there's no way I'll get up at 5 a.m. There was a small period in my life where I was achieving the 5 a.m. club thing, but I realized that I need to, you know, I just need the rest sometimes. And it, it's something that I realized that it wasn't working for me as well. I couldn't be consistent and I was just beating myself up for not getting up at 5 a.m. And then if I did, I was tired all day. And maybe it's just not the time for me to do it now. But I'd like to get to that point at some period in my life to wake up at 5 a.m. And I know I'll do it. It's just I got to <laughs> um, go step by step here. And, you know, I worked hard to recondition myself. And because I believe that, you know, Discipline is something that inconsistency is something that doesn't come natural to me, but that doesn't mean I can't do it. I, I do what I have to do to get there. And setting that intention is key. Uh, every time I hear people say, oh, it's just I'm a night person or I'm a morning. I'm not a morning person or oh, that, you know, they're just that's just an excuse. I'm sorry. You're choosing to be that way. You can decide to change. You can decide to be more of a morning person. You just got to change your habits and you got to want it. That's it. So people who say, oh, it doesn't work for me because I'm, I'm this kind of person or that kind of person. That's, that's bullshit. You're just deciding that you don't want to do it. That's it. <laughs> because once you want something hard enough, you're going to do whatever you need to do to, to get there. So like I'm a night person. I'm the kind of person who like my circadian rhythm works way better at evening time and nighttime. That's when I'm motivated to, to really work. But I can't. I have a freaking job at 6 a.m. So I have to change myself. Even if it's not very natural to me, I have to find a way to make it work. So even if I do struggle, I've realized, I've realized why I thought I was struggling. Maybe I'm not struggling. Maybe I do have a routine and I, I just don't think I have one because I compare it to other people's routines that are more like hard set in stone. Here's my truth. And I do think that there are benefits with having a routine. Even if I have all these things against me, routine is important. You may have a very good routine and it works for you to do the same thing every day. That's awesome. But for people who are like me, maybe you could benefit from this so you don't like beat yourself up all the time because, oh, I don't have a routine. No, maybe you do have one. Here's what I think about routine. I don't have a routine per se. I have habits, habits that I do daily and they may not happen at the same time every day or in the same order. Um, they, they may not happen at all or they may, you know, happen in a different kind of way. And it all depends on what's going on in my life and what I'm feeling. And I know that sounds a little like flaky, but it's really not. Let's say here, here's how I do it. I think that in order to set some routine, you need to figure out, well, why am I doing this routine? Like, what is the area that I want more routine on? What area do I want to improve? So what I found is that doing the same exact thing every day at the same time in the same order simply does not work for me. I still make schedules. I make to-do lists. Some days I need a schedule, others I need the flexibility. Some days I don't get around to every single thing that I want to do and that frustrates me, but I'm trying to work on not being hard on myself and, and looking at the things that I did do. So I've learned to understand that I first need to consider my own natural rhythm 
as well. And this is what I mean. It sounds like I'm contradicting myself because I just said that um, you have to kind of fight against what goes naturally to you. But this is where you make a decision on what you want and where you have to be gentle with yourself on. So for me, I've had to sort of say, okay, I'm more of a night owl, but I have a job at 6 a.m. So I can't be. I have to change that. However, during the day, I may not have the 5 a.m. morning routine that I want because I wake up so early and I just I need a slow morning. I can't just go do a bunch of things before my 6 a.m. class. I'm, I'm a slow morning person. So I respect that side of me. So I'll go to bed early. But I won't be strict on myself about getting up at 5 a.m. before class because it's too much. Does that make sense? There's a balance there. There's a part of me that I am changing and going against what's natural in me. And then there's another part of me that I am accepting and being gentle with. The fact that I am slower in the mornings. I'm not the kind of person who hears the alarm and wakes up right away. I'm the kind of person who hits the snooze button again and again and again and again and again. So knowing that, I'm not going to be hard on myself for not doing a big 5 a.m. routine. So here's the thing. It changes all the time, right? So sometimes I really need to write in the morning, write in my journal, do my morning pages. This is a great uh a great practice from the artist way, Julie Cameron, the morning pages. It's where you write three pages and you get everything out of your system and your mind before starting a day. That's a great habit. I, I was doing that a lot more before. Now, not so much. I'll explain why in a bit. It depends. It varies. But what I'm trying to say is that even though the activities vary, the main objective of those activities don't. That's the key to routines. You want to look at your objectives. What is the thing I want to accomplish? And why am I doing this routine? Is it I need to relax more and incorporate that into my day because I'm stressed out and I'm working all day and I don't give my I don't give myself some rest time so that's interfering with my sleep, for instance. Is it that I want to be more fit? Is it that I want to be able to be more productive? Or is it all of them? That's also a thing. So once you get those objectives together, or is it that I want to be more introspective and do some healing work and more therapy work and go inwards and figure some stuff out inside, like what's going on within me? Once you get those straight and you prioritize them, then you can work on like on the habits and those habits can change. For example, if for uh, something that's important for me is to study and um, educate myself every day. And there's lots of ways of doing this. I could do an online course. I could read books. And I try to do both of these things, right? Again, right now, I've been I've ditched a whole lot of habits I was doing before because of the damn podcast, but I'll get back to it soon. I'm starting, for example, to incorporate reading this week again. And yesterday I gave myself. Here's the thing. You find the times like while I'm eating breakfast rather than being on my phone on Instagram. Th those are like 10, 15 minutes that I could be reading something or in the evening time right after work. And I'm still like mentally crazy I can't read anymore I can't go in and do an online course because my mind is all jumbled from the podcast all day because this podcast takes a lot of mental work so I'll read fiction and there you go I get my my fiction reading done 
if I want to be more productive, then it also it, it kind of helps you set times to work. Like I'm going to work from 10 to 12. I'm going to work from 10 to 4 and have maybe two hour breaks in between or half hour breaks in between. And some days will be different to others. It depends on where you're at, how you're feeling. Listening to your body is key. And there, there'll be days where you just need to rest and you can't read just like I've been having the last month. And you need to accept that in yourself and really listen to, to what it is your body needs. And you'll also get cravings for, I just want to do yoga today instead of weights, for example. Okay, can you change it up in your week? I have, for example, three strength training sessions a week. And sometimes if I need yoga, I'll just like do my strength training later in the week, even if it's two days in a row and do yoga because it's what my back needs or my body or my mind needs. So maybe it's not a hard set routine, but it's a daily system built by habits. And maybe those habits change, but they're in the same category. So that's the thing. It's all about balance. It's about figuring out um, why you want that routine, because once you have the why, then the, the rest comes easier. If you want to be like, ah, you know, I want to dive into spirituality more and um, I'd like to start meditating, then just do meditation. But there'll be days where maybe you can try something different. So for example, with meditation, um, I think that's a great tool to have and to do every day. But sometimes I can't do it every day. Or sometimes I just do five minutes instead of 10 or 20 minutes. And there'll be other days where I can sit for half an hour and pff, it's amazing. But I don't beat myself up for not being able to, to maintain the like hard, strict daily habit that a lot of people can do. And that I think is amazing. I want to get there someday. But I really need to also take into account where I am in life. And if my priority is to stay spiritual then maybe I won't do it through meditation every day. Maybe I'll get it in through yoga or even just like going out to the garden and walking on grass, <laughs> you know, and or putting some music and dancing. I'm connecting with myself, with my body, and I'm not thinking. I'm getting out of my headspace, right? There are different ways that you can do, you know, that you can advance in an area. And accepting that is realizing that you do have a routine. It's just that it's not hard set in the times and it's not hard set on what it is you're doing. Sometimes there are days where you can't get it in and sometimes day, there are days where you do great, but that doesn't mean it's not a routine. You are, you're getting things done and accepting that will help you get even better at making a routine, you know, because you go by stages. If you're someone who struggles with uh, structure, then you can, this is like the beginner step to, to creating a, a better routine. I'm always working on getting a better routine in. And I want to eventually work into being a part of the 5 a.m. club and writing every morning and doing yoga and meditating every morning. That's still in my goals. That's still in my plan. It's just something that right now uh, I'm, I can't fully get there. So this is my first step. I'm sure that in a year I'll get better. And in another year I'll get better. And it's like this, you go, it's, it's, a uh, it's levels that you take towards having a more set routine. So here's, here's another trick. 
um, for getting a habit in and making it a daily habit in case you need some extra, an extra push. And that is, it, this worked wonders for me when I was writing, getting, trying to get writing in every day. You kind of, you draw like a calendar and it could be in a small little notepad or a notebook or even a bigger page. And you basically just record when you, like you check mark that day when you do something. So let's say you want to meditate every day. You draw the calendar and then you just check every day when you, when you get it done. And you can even write down the minutes. Like I did five minutes. I did 10 minutes. I did 12. I did 20. I did an hour. It doesn't matter. You, you could write that in too. That also helps. And you give yourself two days off a week from that habit, but they can't be two days in a row. That gives you the flexibility to rest or to, to not beat yourself up and give up if you don't get it done one day. Oh, I didn't get it done today. Okay, that's fine. Oh, I woke up hungover on a Sunday. Great. I don't have to meditate that day because I, you know what I mean? Like you can sort of start thinking about these things ahead of time. And that way you don't lose momentum. You can see it on a calendar. It feels great when you have like a whole month or two two weeks or one week and you see that you've checked mark almost every box except those two days off a week. That feels amazing, especially if you, you know, you can write down when I was writing, I was writing down my word count and I could see by this, I could see a pattern. I could see what days I was writing the most and what days I wasn't. I could see during the week what like that by the start of the week I was doing great and then by the end of the week I couldn't write as much and so that I can I could really analyze my energy levels and I saw a pattern with my menstrual cycle even and realized wow at the beginning of the month I am so active so energetic so focused so productive and then by the end of the month I'm not quite in it and by realizing that this is just a pattern that comes biologically with my body, it's not my freaking fault, I could not beat myself up and not give up because I just kept keep going, keep going, keep going. And even if I, like with meditation, even if you meditated five minutes instead of 20 minutes that day, that's fine. Five minutes is better than nothing. Same with exercise, even if like sometimes I can't get a full hour in, so I'll do 10 minutes or 20 minutes, but that's way better than doing nothing at all. And when you see the big picture, if you're like doing the visual uh, recording of this, if you see the big picture, then you won't feel as bad for that one day that you didn't do as much as you could have or for that one week that you couldn't do as much as you could have because you have the big picture, because you've seen three months of your of you doing this almost every day. So that's my two cents. I want to talk to you about my guest today. And this is why I've been talking about routine today is because he has some very good advice on, I think the base that we can consider, we should consider before we start setting routines. And this, his name is Puya Irani Talab. I don't know if I said his last name right or wrong, and that's embarrassing. But <laughs> this man I met randomly in a coffee shop in Calgary, in Canada. And he had such a bright smile. We briefly talked. I don't remember how we got to talking, but he's a very friend, friendly man, of course. 
We exchanged our social media accounts and I followed him on Facebook for a long time. He has great content in terms of wellness, spirituality, just overall mental health. He's amazing. He has great info to give. I decided that during quarantine, which is now becoming more and more flexible, but a lot of us are still at home. And even if we weren't at home, a lot of us who work from home, these are really good uh, things to consider. And this is what Puya had to say about how he was managing quarantine and how if we took into account everything he had to say, how we could survive quarantine better. Again, we may not be in quarantine right now anymore. I am in Venezuela. Uh, I know Europe is becoming more flexible. I think the States is too. But a lot of us are still working from home and a lot of us have been left without jobs even post-quarantine. So I'm sure that a lot of you will still learn a lot from this conversation that I had with him. Anyway, I hope you enjoy and let's get right into it. How are you doing? Doing awesome actually, really grateful. Feeling amazing, feeling really grateful, connected, excited, uh, present. Yeah, I'm feeling feeling really really um, inspired actually. How about yourself? I'm I'm great too. You know, I'm just staying focused. There's there's bad days and good days, but I think this is all very interesting. Overall, I find everything that's going on pretty interesting, and I hope to talk to people who can you know give some perspective so that we can all look at this in the same way, and not mm -hmm. just like this ca catastrophic event, and not see it through the lens of, oh my God, we're suffering and this is terrible and I'm going mm. crazy. So I want, I thought of you because you're always putting out great content on different mindsets, positive mindsets, spirituality, mm -hmm. keeping a routine. It always inspires me when I, I'm never on mm. Facebook, but when I am, I like seeing you on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought you'd be great yeah, to, yeah. to give some perspective on coronavirus, um, you know, yeah, what is your perspective? Mostly the post. I'm also I'm also thinking about how is this going to change us or how can we have this change us for the good? How will the world look like post coronavirus? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people aren't considering the fact that this does has happened every every 100 years. It has mm -hmm. happened in, before. It's not something new. Yeah. And um yeah, I just want to know what your thoughts are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I actually tell you a little bit about like how, like my own process in this process is that like, I started this just like everybody else. I, I was kind of like shocked at first. I was kind of excited. You know, uh, I remember when I was a kid, um, we were living in this apartment. It, it was kind of a similar feeling because the house on top of us got on fire. Right. Uh, and there were firefighters coming and there was like panic and was freaking out. But I was really excited because it was really fun for us. You know, we were safe. We were just running around, seeing all these firefighters and people around us. It was kind of like a little event happening. So I had this similar feelings at first when this whole thing broke down. I was like, oh shit, shit is hitting the fan. World is coming to an end. How cool. Let's see what's up. But then later it kind of hit me. Okay, like uh, our jobs, like I was working this sales job and now we actually don't work anymore. And then started to see the effects of it people dying. Uh, I started to go on these news sites and, and then next thing you know, like I was really concerned and my, I was just, my mindset was going lower and lower and lower and lower. Uh, and I found myself really stuck in these negative news sites and trying to figure out what's going on, what caused it. 
Um, and I found myself in a very pessimistic place because I was like, I don't know what's going on. I go to CNN says something. I go to this other website says something else. And I go to this other guru says something else. And I'm like, I, I just cannot know what's actually going on because all this information is just manipulated in a sense. It's not full truth. So I can't tell what's going on there. I don't have any power over this. I can't change anything there. So I realized that I was focusing on the wrong place. I was focusing on things that I don't have power over. And as a result of that, I was feeling disempowered because I feel like a victim in a world that's collapsing in front of me. So then I was like, then that forced, then I found myself getting in arguments with like people around me, my family, you know, like just feeling stuck in this house with these crazy people. That's how I was saying my mind was saying it. But then I realized like, it's actually me using this as an excuse, not doing the things that empowers me that I do have control over so that I can see this from a new lens. And that's when I started to shift um, and I started to um, really prioritize my, my own disciplines. Uh, I've been on a fast for new, uh, from news and media and things like that. Um, uh, and now I keep trying to keep a balance of 80-20, so 80% positivity focused mindsets and 20% news and learning and things like that, which I just learned from my mentor. Um, have you heard about Jinkies by any chance? I have. Jinkies, okay. Um, a lot of the people I share this, they just dig it, but it's, it's, it's a combination of mystical astrology, numerology. It comes from a, a derived from a book, I Ching, uh, and Richard Wright is a very interesting character, but anyway, he's a very smart guy. Uh, and he shared this idea already three years ago with me. And that is, there is a great change coming. It's called the great change. By the way, Puya, my name is change. So there is a great great change happening that's coming and, it's been, and he was talking about how um this is actually what's happening and he he here's the idea that richard brought and i really love it because this is going to really like get us excited and it is as humanity we've always gone to different mutations or evolutionary stages right so let's take the long uh, big picture is that we started as um like monkey animals right so there was like a different names for it like nandrothals and all these different different versions Homo sapiens was the latest evolution of us uh, arriving as humans now what's taking place is that every single time the environment goes through some crisis or challenging times it forces our dna to mutate to the next level so right now with the 5g and the heat and the tension and the that all the stuff that's going on is actually forcing us to evolve as species. So the challenging times that we face in our family dynamics with our work, with finances, and all that is actually forcing us to evolve to a new version of ourselves. So, and this is the new change, the great change that's coming. So overall, uh, I, I feel like this is a, this is a great uh, opportunity uh, for us. I feel like many of us who've been in the self-development field, like us, we've been like doing the book and reading and working out the mindsets and all that. It's like, this is our time to shine, actually. This is it. Like, this is it. This is the moment we've been waiting for. Everybody is like, all these people who are doing their work, going to jobs and doing things, and they're kind of repeating the patterns, not seeing the value of self-development and mindset. Now they're saying like, holy shit. Like, yeah. now I understand why this guy was doing these things. So I feel like this is, we've been prepared for this. We've been training for this. It's like a marathon runner. This is a race right now. So in a sense, that's why it's exciting. So yeah, feel free to share. Does anything come up as I share this? I want to ask you, so what are your recommendations for people who, who are like, okay, I want to use this to my advantage. Where do, where do they start? I think we start with where we actually have power over, right? Like we focus on what we have control over. 
right? What do we have control over? We don't have control over what's happening on, in the government. We don't have control over uh, the weather or the disease or the coronavirus. We have nothing. We have control over our own immune system, our own mindset. And we have control over what time we go to sleep, what, and if we do exercise, with the books we read. So ultimately, the only thing we have control over really is our focus. Ultimately, is our focus. So is my focus going externally or is my focus is consciously on the things that empowers me? I think that's the key. And the other thing is actually, to be, to be honest, like it's so easy to give our attention away. It's so easy to go on social media and news sites. It's just, and it's also fun. It gives us a little dopamine boost. It's kind of fun. It's like, it's like eating chips. It's fun, but it doesn't make you feel good long-term. If you eat chips enough time, you won't feel very good moving around, right? Your energy just drops down. Um, so ultimately, we start with ourselves. We start with the things that really empower us. So when, when we set some minimum rules, we actually, this is what I was talking about in my Facebook Live, is that I used to hate rules because the rules sounded really like schoolish and, and you know, depressing. But what I find out is that if I had no rules, like if I can wake up whenever I want, eat whatever I want, do whatever I want, it's fun for just a few hours, but then later I feel really depressed and stuck. So it entraps me. But if I have just minimum rules, not too many rules, but minimum rules, and I honor those minimum rules that I decide, I decide, not I, the small I, but the soul. The soul says, my love, here's what I want you to do. This is going to help you. This is going to you. So some of those insights that I had from my soul is one, the routine of rising at a reasonable time, waking up early. That's the number one rule for me. Um, I made a vow of waking up at 4 a.m. for a whole year. And I track this really vigilantly, as you see, I have a list here. So today is the day, um, 23rd today, so 209. Today is day 209 that I've been consistently rising up either at 4 a.m. or earlier, sometimes 3 a.m. But waking up early, now that doesn't mean I still don't have naps. Sometimes I do my meditation and then I have a nap after. But I just find that that hour in the morning is a magical hour. That's what Mahatma Gandhi used to do. That's what uh, many saints, Jesus Christ, uh, Yogananda, many of the people that I aspire, Joel Goldsmith, uh, these guys, they all wake up early. There's a magic in the morning time. I don't know what it is. It's just magical. And, and sometimes just get up and just sit down and just listen to the silence, quiet, do a prayer and just connect to the spirit. So that to me is a very, very um, powerful thing. So that's the first one, waking up early. Um, the other one is the habit of, of um, avoiding things that drains my energy. So one of my mentors used to call it um, sealing the leak, sealing the leak, right? So um, are your, most of your audience girls or guys? I'm wondering. Um, well, this is just starting yet. So we are going to find out that we, we don't know yet. <laughs> okay. Um, just tell my experience is that, um, like as a man, one of the ways that we release a lot of energy is through sexual energy, right? So our sexual energy is very precious. And one of the things that our culture doesn't know, and I believe is going to change in the next few years is that, um, I believe that the biggest cause in failure in relationship is that men don't know how to handle the sexual energy and they release their sexual energy on, on masturbation, porn sites, or just too much sex without, without discernment. Uh, and this results in, uh, and there's science research about that. There's authors such as Mantek Chia. There's a lot of research that I'm sharing with you, but uh, I don't have time to dive into that. But from my research, conserving sexual energy and transmuting it to higher energy sources, is a very powerful source of um, like strength, which gives you moral courage, which gives you positivity and gives you creativity. Um, and that is not to say I'm against this. I just think that you want to you wanna be very conscious. 
Um, and there's different philosophies uh, of durations or abstinence or transmutation, just different scales of it. But that's a big part of my discipline every day. And that is, I'm very careful and conscious of my sexual energy um, and to observing that because as a man, that's one of the number one sources of sexual energy is the number one after digestion. So, uh, sorry, after, yeah, after your digestive system. So you're eating, your digestive system is the one that uh, conserves the most or takes the most amount of energy. The next is sex. So if you're just releasing your energy constantly, naturally, you're not going to have as much resources. And it all depends on how old you are and everything else like that too. Uh, but ultimately for men, uh, based on certain recommendations, um, Anyway, I'm not going to get into that, but if, there's, if someone wants the information more on that, you can always reach out to them privately. But, uh, so that's the second one, is that uh, no releasing of energy without conscious choice and uh, without discernment. Um, so that's the second discipline. The third discipline that I have is the discipline of eating at the right time. And that includes, uh, like for this year myself, I'm avoiding eating meat um, and just really healthy, organic diet. Uh, I'm also following an intermittent fasting, so I eat only from 4 to 8 p.m., but this is a more newer approach. I've only done this for two weeks now. But eating really consciously, avoid eating at the wrong time, um, no, matter, no, matter, no matter who you are. If you eat the wrong food and overeat, your energy is going to crash. So that's another, that's another one that I love, uh, eating at the right time. Um, and then let's see, uh, what else do I have? Uh, meditation, of course, meditation. So <clears throat> the other habit is meditation. I I'm a Vipassana meditator. I believe in Vipassana meditation as a great foundation. Uh, I also do other ones, but Vipassana is a big one for me. So I meditate morning and, and night for an hour, in the morning, an hour at night. Now, some people do it less or whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, I just feel like it's important to do it uh, consistently. Um, so because of the coronavirus, I actually increased that to two or three times a day. But this is another one that I love is, and I track is actually taking time for meditation. So meditation is the next uh, habit, which, you know, it should be on the top of the list, but it's very important. But the reason I said meditation third is because if you don't wake up early and if you don't observe your sexual energy and you release your all your energies, and if you don't eat the right food, then you can't even meditate. So I'm trying to kind of put it in order. So that's why in Buddhism, they actually say morality is first before they teach you vipassana meditation because you need to really ground like you need to build your foundation on a solid foundation your house on a solid foundation so i think it's very important to get those ones done. but meditation is a huge part i really believe in the power of developing our concentration equanimity um this enables us to be able to make decisions from a place of abundance and being focused um so the meditation that i do includes a concentration exercise on the breath um and this enables me that the rest of the day i can actually focus my mind on the things that I want to focus on rather than being reactive. And then there's other ones that I have for business and maybe that, that could be other times, but these are, these are the five personal disciplines that I do for mindset. Um, and then the other, I have some other five ones for success in business and I'm focusing on those ones when I go to my work and my job. Um, so those are the other ones, but basically that's how I focus myself. But in short, if the, you only get one thing from this is you want to focus on developing your mindset every single day and then facing the world from a place of resourcefulness. So for everyone could be different, um, you know, for me, for me are those ones. Uh, and of course, uh, like the people that I surround myself with, the environment that I expose myself is also very important. So we want to really be conscious of those things. Too. And for business, for people who are, you know, struggling a little bit with either productivity or they're facing the crisis of what do I do now? I don't have a job. Is, do you have any recommendations for those 
people in those. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I believe so. Okay, so the awesome thing, the the one book that really changed my life that I'm loving to share with others is around the topic of money. Is called the Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity. So I've came up with these uh, like five things for myself based on that book, partial from that book, uh, and also combination of some other books that I've read. So. I'll go over these five disciplines for success in money and business and uh, overcoming like um, scarcity mindset. So the first one, which is going to sound a little counterintuitive is giving. Um, when you're in the field of giving, we shift that mindset, we literally short circuit our brain that thinks there's not enough. So uh, if you do the first five disciplines that I shared with you, which is to do with uh, our mindset, you will naturally feel this joy and excitement about life. If you really do it, if you really wake up at 4 a.m. and sit, meditate and do all those things, uh, you will gain a new fresh supply of faith and energy and positivity. And then when you have that, now you can give it away. Now you give it. So I believe in giving 10% of whatever resource you have. If you have only a dollar coming to you, you bless that dollar. If you have only $100 coming this month, you bless that $100 by giving a small portion of it away first. And this is a spiritual principle of love. It sounds very counterintuitive. And I tell you, when I started doing this, uh, like before, I, I honestly didn't even know how I'm going to pay my bills. I didn't even have enough to couple my own needs, my own car payments, my own bills. But the craziest thing about this is insanely spooky is that if you really genuinely believe in it and do it, you will be provided so mystically that you will literally will not want to stop. Uh, I have a great story. Like I, I gave this book that I'm telling you, The Four Spiritual Laws, to one of my friends, one of my roommates back in uh, 2000 or whatever. And I was living in Vancouver. Um, and I gave it to Anthony. Uh, I gave this book away to a bunch of my friends as my, as my tithing. I just bought this book. I gave it away. And then... One day I come to my, one day I wake up and I see a pop, I see an uh, envelope in front of my room. I open it and there's $400 in there. And I'm like, holy shit, I just received $400 from the tithing that I gave. And then I, and then I talk to my friend, Anthony. I'm like, Anthony, what's he? He's like, this is the first time that I've ever given uh, tithing away. This is the first time I give a gift away. And you will not believe what just happened. I'm like, what happened? He's like, today I went to my bank. Today, after he did this thing, he went to his bank and his bank says, there is a problem with your bank account. There's some issues you need to really come see us. He goes and sees the bank. He finds that there was some security issue with his bank and there was a payment of $400 being withheld from his account. And that he just received $400 that he hasn't received for some random reason. And this was just mind boggling to me, like how amazing the miracle can happen. But I can tell you this experience happened to me multiple times, multiple times where I just literally received money out of the blue. And so giving is number one principle. So if you want to have more money, more resources, more success, whatever, you want to get yourself in the spirit of giving. The second one is um, forgiveness. And this principle, again, comes down to keeping your mind positive because resentments are the number one to closing yourself from universal abundance and everything else. So the idea of forgiveness um, is is all through the day, we want to forgive all the people who have hurt us. We want to forgive uh, all the bad shit that has happened from our job and to just be in the spirit of forgiveness. Again, this is the main message of Christ. I have a book on this topic because I'm so passionate about it, but forgiveness has changed my life. It helped me live God a lot of addictions. Um, but you want to be constantly forgiving. That means loving and letting go. Uh, not being stupid and repeating the same mistake, but just loving people and not holding grudges. So that's the practice of forgiveness uh, and unconditional love, which keeps our vibration really high. So let's say if your family drives you crazy or whatever, 
um, you want to always keep that anger out and remain in love because that is the doorway of more abundance coming to us. That's the second one. The third one is actually having specific goals, specific, trackable, smart goals, clear goals. You know, I'm amazed. Like, I actually am part of a self-development. I, have, I, I talk to entrepreneurs. We get on mastermind calls like this one. And I'm like, okay, what's your goal for the end of the year? Or what's your goal for this next six months? I don't know. They're just doing things. You know, people are just doing things. They don't know actually what is it they're trying to do. So this is so important is to be very crystal clear because in the first five disciplines, we create an amazing mindset. In the next discipline, we give, uh, we open ourselves to love. We have all this massive power. Now the universe wants to bless us and we have to tell the universe how to bless us, right? How do, we, how do I give you all this goodness? So you have to decide. It's like calling a restaurant saying, hey, can you send me some food? They're not going to send you anything. You have to tell them what do you use that you want. You have to say, I want taco with sour cream, you know, no meat and extra whatever, right? Extra green peppers. So you want to be very specific on what you want to create. What is it that excites you? What is it that you want to have? How is it going to expand? So writing a goal down, very specifically smart goal, specific, measurable, attainable. I want to earn $5,000 per month while living on a $2,000 budget every month for the rest of the year. Or you can just be very specific. I'm living in this beautiful house with three other people um, by the river uh, where I can run every single day. And I love the people that I live because they share my values of meditation and entrepreneurship. Just an example. These are the things that I've been working on writing down. So specific. Um, and then, so once you have that, the next one is the principle of mastermind. And that is, is the capacity to harmoniously with other people to support each other in expense. So this, in a sense, Laura, is a, is a form of mastermind you created right now right? Like, like, you know, you're getting together with me, sharing this information, but we do this in a, like I do this in a, in a, in an environment of zoom where I bring like five, 10, 12 people together who I personally have a relationship with. So some of you extroverts, I don't, I think, uh, probably the outspoken people, I think those are, those are the people who benefit the most is that what I normally do is the principle of mastermind is bring people together, get everybody harmoniously supporting each other in spirit of harmony to help each other. And then keep consistently meeting at the same time, same place. And after about three weeks, something magical happens. And then after three months, even more magic. After three, uh, six months more. I've used this principle uh, and in my business with Kindle Publishing that I had. I, I literally, everybody in the mastermind tripled their income. We all grew. Uh, like we all like reached a whole new level of abundance. It's mind-boggling what happens. Right now I have a mastermind. Um, you know, and, and it's amazing. Like my current mastermind buddy, he actually helped me to land like highest paying job I've ever had in my life. Um, aside for some of my business, um, he helped me so much. It's amazing how we help each other. So you want to create the right partnership with the right people. Anybody can do that with the Facebook these days. Um, and all you need to do is to just reach out to the network that you have and just like, Hey, let's hop on a call, help each other out. And then out of those people, some people you connect with, then what you do is says, Hey, I, yeah, I want to invite a bunch of us who we connect on another call and get together to share ideas. And that becomes a mastermind. And then, then you get them to commit saying that, hey, listen, uh, we had this great call today. Do you guys want to do this again next week? They say, yes. Then you get them to commit saying, okay, in order for us to work, we have to commit for three weeks, show up on time. And then there has to be some rules again. Right? The rules plays out again. So you get them to commit and then you build these relationships. And now you're a, you're a team. You're not by yourself, you're a team. So this is a huge principle of success. Anybody can do it for free. And last but not least, um, 
Any question about that? Do you have any comments yeah. or questions about that? If, if I were to want to start one, how, how would I go about it? I would be super interested, you know, especially during quarantine. I think a lot of people would be willing to give that a try. Well, I'll just give you the cliff notes of it. It's super simple. It's, it's very simple. All you really need to do is you need to first build one-on-one -on -one relationship with at least a few people, okay? You need to have, in order to have a mastermind, you need to have one really committed member. That's it. As long as you have that one person saying, I like to do this together with you, now you have a group because there's two of you. Is this like the leader? Well, you are the leader. Whoever is taking the initiative is the leader because you're the one who's taking the initiative. You're always the leader. But so I'm not the one committed person. No, 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 no. You're not the one committed. committed. There has to be one other committed member. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay, okay. Somebody other than you. That's what I mean. So you're the leader. You, you don't even count. You're, you're the leader. In, in a way, you're here to serve everyone else. So you're the servant. You're number zero. And then everybody else becomes number one, number two, number three. So as long as you have one person commits to you, now you have a group, right? So then you reach out to other people and you say, hey, me and a, we have a group, because you do have a group. There's only one other person. We have a group. Uh, I'm doing these masterminds to help each other expand, and I want to know if this is the right fit. Let's hop on a call and connect. Or you don't even—you may not even mention mastermind. Some people I just connect like, "Hey, listen, um, I know we haven't talked for a bit. Let's hop on a call, exchange resources, mindset, routines, help each other out. What do you think?" People say, "Yeah, let's do it." You get on a call, and then you just connect. Hey, what are you up to? What are you excited about? What are you creating? Share some resources. And then if you like the person and is vibing and is good, like, listen, I have an idea. I really like our calls. Uh, I have another friend that I really like him too. And I want to introduce you guys. Let's hop on a call together, all three of us. We share ideas. What do you think? They say, yeah, that's a great idea. And then you do that again with somebody else. And next thing you know, you have a group of eight people, of committed people. What are these ideas? Great, great question. So you could do it on different things. So I've done this in different, I can, I've done it generally, but you just get on the call and you, and you say, listen, we all want to figure out our life purpose, let's say, or we all want to find out how to make money online, or we all want to like, let's say do this or do that. So I've done this in different niches. It's up to you. You're the creator, right? So you ask for intuition. What would make sense? Um, it, whatever you're passionate about, I would say. So for me, I was passionate about growing my online business because I had an online business and I didn't know how to do a bunch of things and I had to hire all these expensive coaches and I didn't have the money. So the best thing to do, get other people who are doing it, making money, talk to them, learn insights and then do it. So that's what I did. The other mastermind that I have right now is around uh, money. So we have a mastermind on the topic of money. It's called Financial Freedom Mastermind. And we are reading, uh, we're actually starting this uh, this week, is we're reading from a book called uh, Million, Secrets of Millionaire Mind by Harvaker. And we'll, we'll just read that together. So we connect on that book, on that talk. It's like a study group in a sense, right? Uh, and then we read on that and then there's a time where we can actually discuss ideas um, and supporting each other. And then off the call, we can go deeper in our business. So that's just a couple of ideas. Okay. Okay. That's amazing. I, I like that for book clubs too. <laughs> totally. Or habits or routines, you know, it, it's, it's great. Because yes. It's hard finding your own tribe. Or I have a very hard time finding my own tribe, especially as an adult. You, it gets harder to make friends and when yeah. you move around. So that sounds spectacular, like a perfect support yeah. system. And again, something that people would be willing to do right now. Totally. And the thing is, you actually have this gift. You can totally do this for yourself because you have, you, you're initiative. You take initiative and you act on stuff, right? So you could definitely do that. And uh, just the last uh, discipline that I, that I put on right now, but the, the, the tenth one is actually service. And that is 
doing something um, that is related to the first one, but the first one is more financially focused, so they're giving 10% away. And by the way, I want to add a caveat to that, is that the first discipline giving 10% away, in order for you to give 10% away, you need to also manage your money really well, right? So it's not like just 10% away, but it's like knowing how to manage your money. It's like 10% away, 10% saving, how much you're eating. You got to be really on the ball of what your expenses is. And this is a big, big challenge for many people. It can bring up a lot of fear. Like, I don't know how much I'm spending. I don't know what I'm doing. We got to get clear on that. Otherwise, we're going to be a slave to money. But we have to become a master over money so that we can serve money to serve others, use money to serve others, so, and ourselves. So the last principle is more about service in terms of um, giving things to others without any, any way to return in a sense, you know, just like I share on my Facebook page or, you know, or um, I also am passionate about the project that I like help people to like overcome certain addictions that they have. Like I coach people here and there or just like helping people, just being helpful, right? Um, so giving and serving, being in service, being that sphere of service, I think is really like activates the law of attraction because the universe, universe as a whole says, wait a minute, this being here is being a channel of my goodness. Let me pour more resources to this person. This person is demonstrating willingness, you know, and, and giving, trusting without trying to like nickel and dime, you know. So I've used that principle, uh, again, mastermind, creating a mastermind is a form of giving. Like if you bring a mastermind, a group of people together, you're a freaking giver. Like everybody loves you for it because they're getting so much value and you have to do the dirty work of kicking people out and disciplining them and managing the group and all that stuff. You're doing a lot of work for free, uh, but you're creating tons of tons of good, good value and karma and then it comes back to you. And that's how I've been like literally in the time of crisis, I've literally gotten three different job interview offers. I've gotten almost two offers and I actually had to choose you know, like it's insane that what has been happening in my life in the past just six months by applying these principles uh, diligently. But you got to really stick to the principles for, you know, three to six months for you to see them because it takes time from the spirit world to come to manifestation, just like it is seen that it takes time for it to become a fruitation. So you got to really have faith and try it out. So That's awesome. That's amazing. Congratulations. That's really exciting to hear. Because you hear about that all the time, but I've never heard. How, how did you manage that when you were not making that much money. Yeah. How did I manage that? Well, how did I manage that is, um, let's see, is again, I went back to the same five principles that I told you is that when you hit totally rock bottom, you have no, nothing to do. The only thing is left to do is to focus on your own routine, right? So I decided, okay, I don't have any money. I'm depressed. Okay. I'll be a little bit less depressed if I just wake up early and do a workout, you know? <laughs> like if I just wake up early, meditate and pray, I'll be a yeah. little bit less depressed. But in terms of giving, giving money, giving like- a Okay, trip. giving money. Yeah, so at first I didn't have money. I just didn't do anything. I didn't give anything. But then you receive money. The thing is the minute you become willing, you receive money. Like it'll be crazy of how you receive money. Like I actually received money um, immediately after I decided to like step up. And then now here's the key though, because you didn't have money for so long, um, it's very hard to give because right when you receive money, all your insecurities come up because like, oh my God, now I have money. I need to pay for this. I need to pay this. I need to pay this. I need to pay this. I won't have enough. <laughs> so that's when you really test this principle. That's when you need to say, listen, I just received money that I didn't even have. So let me be, let me be honest. I'm going to take the first and bless the first fruits. That's what the principle says. And it's the principle of love. This is the principle of love bless the first fruits away and the way I, I like to bless it is that you give it to the spiritual the source that's giving you spiritual food the source that's giving you spiritual nourishment 
So you give it to uh, some organization or whatever secretly. Nobody has to know. This is a secret. If anybody knows, that's a show off. That's not giving. You gotta do it secretly. Nobody knows. The organization shouldn't even know. If you can't just go like hidden, your name cannot be known. You can get tax recorded and everything, that's fine. But, uh, but don't do it because you wanna save on taxes. Like you gotta be total giving. <laughs> so that's it. Just If you don't have any money to give right now, uh, just give, give love, give prayers, forgiveness. You can still release, you can still bless. You can just be helpful. Um, and then you will be blessed with money very soon. You will receive money. And then when you receive the money, you realize, okay, now I've received $100. How can I show the universe that I'm a good steward of this hundred dollars? Okay, I'm gonna take ten dollars. I'm gonna let's say ten dollars. I'm gonna wait ten dollars. I'm gonna save for myself ten dollars. I'm gonna pay off some of the debts that I have, and then I'm gonna keep this for my own living expenses and eat from like seventy percent of it. And then, uh, and then you'll be amazed at what happens if you do that and overcome your sense of lack. You'll be blessed. Next month you'll have two hundred bucks, or next month you may have, you know, three hundred bucks. It's crazy of how things will change. Uh, and then if you just do that for a few months, all of a sudden tsunami comes. It's like, holy cow, like I was hoping I get $1,000 and now I'm getting $10,000 coming. You know, it's just crazy of how things change. If this topic, if this topic inspires you, read that book, Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity, because she's so, uh, Edwin Gaines, the great author, best-selling author, uh, goes deeper into these principles, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, I will do that. And um, what are some personal challenges you've been going through in this time? Has there been anything new that has come up for you that you've had to deal with? Well, yeah, personal challenges always uh, for me is always just to not letting my environment or people around me upset me, you know, because I find that I can master my own state easily now. I can overcome my own stuff, you know, as much. But the interesting thing is when I'm around my family, like my mom, dad, um, people who are very close to me, uh, they can really trigger things for me, just like relationship, you know, internal relationship is like that too. So any kind of family relationship, things like that, um, where people, uh, can actually trigger me. Uh, and that's my practice of unconditional love. So what I'm learning is I'm listening to a lot of Ram Dass talks helps so much. Um, so Ram Dass is my greatest teacher right now. And I listen to him, uh, at night in the morning, Eckhart told to, but that's my personal challenge to keep my heart open because here's the thing. I can be so excited about my career, about finances, about my job, about my achievement, creating, and then I can go to the kitchen and next thing you know, um, boom, all of a sudden, like, I'm like triggered, I'm pissed off or whatever. Oh and my God. Yeah. What I'm learning to do is actually to, uh, to open my heart in those situations. And what I do is I share this on my Facebook live today is that I just start singing. The minute I start to get triggered, I start singing. Well, that's you know, a good like one. somebody says something, I just start singing immediately, going to singing, and it just breaks the pattern. <laughs> that's, that's really good. That's awesome. Yeah, because I get the same thing living with my family completely. I feel exactly the same. I, I think Ramdas was the one who said, um, "You you can test if you're enlightened by going to visit your family." Didn't he say that? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. It, it's so true. It's so true. But here's the thing, though. I was saying that it's easy for me to handle my step. But the thing is, our family is only pointing us towards the shit is in us. You know. So, if I really didn't have any issues, if I really was this enlightened being that I think I am, of course. Then if I'm around them, no matter what they say, I'll be like, I'll be zen. I'll smile. I'll be like, oh. Yeah, I wouldn't bother you. Cares? Yeah. But it does bother me. So clearly so, I have a lot of work to do. So there's something exactly you're told. I try to look at it that way too. Okay. Why is this bothering me? There must be something here or else it wouldn't even. Oh, okay. But here's the thing. What you just said is 
analyzing it actually fucks it up, you know? So you think the so? thing is, the thing is you, you, I see the benign intention behind you asking that question. It's great, but it's not the question to ask when it's happening. That's the key I want to distinguish. Mm. So if you go to the kitchen and now you're freaked out about it, now you're judging yourself. Why am I doing this? Because I know better. Now you're beating yourself up. Now you're even feeling worse because you know, you know better. So what you, what I'm learning to do, leave the analysis for later. You don't need to analyze yourself right now. So just realize pattern is happening. You know, go to sing it. And you just start singing, right? Yeah, it's And true. when you do that, your heart starts opening. And then maybe after you eat, after your, you know, your sugar level is back to balance, you feel normal, you feel good. Then say, okay, why did I react to that? And now yeah, you can analyze. Calm down. And, and what does your family do when you start singing? <laughs> well, it, it breaks their pattern, right? It breaks their pattern. Uh, you know, sometimes it's just like, like, what's that? It's weird, you know? Uh, but I don't even care what they do. They usually respond really positive, but I mean, I don't care. Like, I'm dealing with my own stuff right now. Like, I just, yeah. I'm just in, the, in this state of love and, and just opening my heart. And usually, it usually transforms the field. The whole field shifts. It's amazing. Well, this is important because people are at home with their families and are, Huge. are so this Huge. is very important for people to know. The other technique that I do that I share real quickly is that, uh, again, this I learned from Ram Das, where he talks about how he, he talks to his guru, his teacher in his imagination. And his guru Maharaj had a saying, love everyone and tell the truth. And you can learn about on, on YouTube on, on this topic. But uh, what I do is that I imagine a sacred, someone that I really love, like let's say someone who really inspires me with their spiritual maturity, such as Ram Das, Eckhart Tolle, um, you know, there's a woman that I love, her name is um, uh, Anandama, or whoever, Jesus Christ, Buddha, whoever you like, right? Whoever you really feel connection to. The, the, the discipline is you create an intention at the beginning of the day. Whenever you get upset, you remember. You make a promise to yourself. Whenever I get freaked out, I see that guru, that image face on top of whoever I'm pissed off at. So you see the image of Buddha or Jesus or or. Ramdas face. Imagine it in your mind that this person is actually that person, and you actually genuinely there is the spirit which is also in Ramdas, which is also in Eckhart Tolle, which is also in love. Oh, that's a good. Are you one. following? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll try that. I'll try that too. So there's so like valuable. there's like a switch when you think of them. Exactly. The trigger. Mm. And you actually ask. You actually, what I do is like. Like I actually see Anandama, Anandama's image and, and the love that she would have towards this person or, or feel the love of Christ, the love that Christ would have towards whoever is pissing him up. Like Christ may have a religious incarnation, but uh, incarnation, but pick whoever It's like, well, how would they love this person? How would they see this situation? And then all of a sudden the heart just opens. So this is called, called Guru Kripa, the grace of the guru. So the guru the grace of the guru, which is, which, is, which is the grace of God through another person, comes to us through their power becomes our power. So as we see the image of this guru, this teacher in our mind, we are connecting to the grace of God through that person's wisdom. Because we, haven't, we don't have the spiritual muscles to, let's say, face our family or face the challenge situation. But when we remember the guru, through their power, we can access that which is happening all within our own consciousness. So this is still within us. We're not giving our power away outside of us. It's all within our consciousness. But it's done through the, 
the permission slip, in other words, of a guru is image, like that, you could say. And so going back to the waking up early, I yeah. was trying to do this and I've still, you know, failed. I come back, I fail, I come back. And I noticed that the, it's very, the night routine is very important. And I find that not a lot of people talk about that side, because if I don't have a good night, if I don't, you yes. know, getting myself to sleep early is the most challenging part. I can wake up at five, but if I don't get to sleep early and that's my challenge, what do you do anything mm. yourself to get yourself? Because I imagine to get up at four, you wake, you get to sleep what, at eight or nine. Okay, this is a great point is because at nighttime when it comes, we actually have certain emotional needs, right? Mm -hmm. And if those needs haven't been met, we can't really go to sleep. So the reason we are on our phone and the reason we are kind of eating or doing all this stuff is because we have these emotional unmet needs. We have this sense of lack in a sense. So what, what I've discovered, there's, just, there's a lot of layers to this, but to keep it simple, it's kind of a relaxing state of mind because if we've been working hard on our thinking, thinking, thinking all day, by the time it's time to go to sleep, we don't want to sleep. We just want to like have fun. We want to have some kind of an entertainment. That's very important. So if we know that, we need to schedule that earlier. Right. Um, the other suggestion is that you want to make sure that you only go up earlier for a, by about an hour a day. So if let's say, uh, let's say you've been going to sleep at midnight or 1 a.m., you can't just go to sleep at 8 p.m. You want to like just go to sleep an hour earlier and then try to get up an hour earlier. That's it. Right. Okay. The other thing that has helped me is another principle that's really helpful is instead of trying to really get it right, just decide that you will wake up at certain time every single day and you will stay up for at least one, two hours, no matter what, right? Um, and this will train your body to start listening to you. And then, so what I did is when I started to do this is I was like, you know, I'm going to wake up at 4 a.m. no matter what, right? Now, I was coming from a 10-day retreat. It was easy for me to do because the environment, everybody was sleeping early. But coming back home, I had my old habits. So I decided I'm going to wake up at 4 a.m. Um, and I was like... Even if I go to sleep really late, I'm still going to be up at 4 a.m. really exhausted and drained. And then I would have a nap for two or three hours. And then I would try again the next day, go to sleep early. So I kept the waking up time the same, no matter what. That helped me a lot. The other thing that I did that helped a lot is I simply start tracking it. I have a tracking sheet. I'm happy to share. But I have a tracking sheet. I just literally every single day, I write down what time I wake up and what time I go to sleep. If you just keep track of that, you automatically start seeing patterns and improve. So this is another thing. And um, the other thing is food. If you, one thing you can do is you can actually really modify your diet. If you eat really late and heavy, it's hard to get a good quality night's sleep. So I switched, that's one of the reasons I switched to vegetarian other than I don't want to kill animals. Tracking it, sticking to the same wake up time, making sure you have your emotional needs met through like connection calls with friends, walking nature, singing, playing. Those are huge emotional needs. If they're not met, by the time nighttime comes, we won't want to go to sleep. The last thing is actually practicing renunciation. And that is, yes, even though you can do meet your emotional needs, you can eat the right food, blah, 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 still there are times like last night, I just don't want to go to sleep. I want to stay up. I want to just, uh, I still want to. But I recognize that in me and I consciously make a decision to renounce the pleasure of staying up for a greater pleasure of waking up early. I literally make that conscious choice. And then I usually bridge that gap by going, sitting in meditation, listening to some, maybe singing, 
The other thing is I actually have the software on my computer that, uh, that enables me to um, reduce my uh, blue lights at night. Uh, you can actually, it's called F.LUX, Flux. F.LUX is free software you can put on your computer that lowers your computer lights later at night. That helps. It takes a while. And the other thing is actually being part of a community who are all doing it. So this is a huge idea, by the way. Uh, when I started to wake up early, I, I joined a WhatsApp group that my friend had. And this was all about waking up early, right? So there are groups like that. This 5 a.m. club you can join. It's for free. You can just join. And, and you literally join these groups and say to people, hey, tomorrow I'm going to wake up early. And then when you wake up early, message those groups saying, I woke up early. And it's crazy. It sounds simple. But it's amazing what happens when we actually report to another consciousness who will watch our, our behavior. It's game changer. This could happen through email. This can happen through a WhatsApp group or a live call. But partnering with somebody else who wants to do this or to be existing, such as Reddit, I'm sure there's groups like that, you can actually get accountability from a group of people who are all doing it. And that will make it from a fantasy to a reality. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, those are great, great tips. I really got the emotional needs part because I... I, I do that to myself a lot where I'll like power through until six or seven and I realize, yeah. well, I didn't schedule any fun time and now I, it's yeah. 8 p.m. and the last thing I want to do is get to sleep. So I try to, you know, mm. go back and maybe, maybe at five or six make, that's the thing is you got to kind of make yourself, okay, this is fun time. And one thing I get is paralysis where I'm like, okay, it's my fun time. I don't know what the hell I want to do because it's like, it's, mm -hmm. I, I'm not used to it or it's not as natural. And it takes a while for me to understand, okay, well, what do I want to do? Because there's so many options. Yes, yes. Such a good point. And sometimes some of those options are actually tricky because we think something is fun, but it's actually a distraction. Uh, this is a great insight to have is to really pray and discern. And actually, maybe this is an exercise that you can do is to really write down what are the list of things that I can do that really nourish me and, and, and feels good to do at the end of the day? And what are some of the things that I do and it doesn't really fulfill me, but it gives me a sense of lack? For example, something sugary. Um, I like to have some kombucha. I, I like this drink. I just like to have some really tasty snacks. So that's fine. But some of the challenges I have, sometimes I, I like want to listen to like controversial news or um, just these mystical bad things that are happening in the world or researching <laughs> yeah. like crazy stuff, you know, and just going the wrong side of YouTube, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, you can actually find yourself in the crazy side of YouTube and it's very addictive because our brain has this thing in the middle called amygdala and amygdala's job is to protect us. So when we see things that are dangerous or things that are really dramatic, we become very focused. But the focus feels good for now, but it leaves us with hormones of cortisol and, and adrenaline. So that doesn't feel very good to go to sleep. Instead, what we want to do is we want to really find things that make us feel loved. So for me, it's listening to Ram Dass, Eckhart Tolle, singing, chanting, um, having a conversation about relationship with someone or reaching out to people that are really loving. Uh, those things really fulfill me. And either sometimes walking nature, sometimes attending a study group online. With, like There are many study groups you can join right now um, where you read, let's say, a sacred holy book. Like there's the Yogananda SRF has a free group you can join. Um, you can just join the Pasana groups or meditation groups online. Uh, but there are, there are activities you can do that can nourish your soul and gets you, gets you to take off the mask from persona and ego. And there are things you can do, such as search and haul more sense of lack. Just an example is like, 
one night I, I go on YouTube and I see this guy has these, uh, have you heard these, these gold digger videos? No. Okay, there, there's, a, there's a niche of companies called gold diggers where these guys, you know, uh, like record girls that are they called gold diggers and how they come with these Ferraris and these girls come and like, anyway, it's just, it's called gold diggers. So it's like really funny, right? But they're also very revealing because these girls, they come in them like shorts or bikinis, but really sexy looking, right? So I, one night, I like literally, half an hour or 15 minutes whatever it was I felt this sense of lack because I don't have a partner and I was just watching all these good looking girls and now I'm feeling a sense of lack right so it actually increases the sense of increases my loneliness in a sense like I wanted to be free from loneliness so I go watch comedy that makes me feel more lonely at the end of it does that make sense what I'm trying to say yeah 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 totally it's true. And sometimes all of this takes experimenting with how did we feel and remembering the, the good and the bad, you know, maybe writing it down or um, because you forget, <laughs> you know, you go back to it, whether it's exactly. good or, or, or bad. Yeah. Sometimes I forget <laughs> the things that I, I'll paint and I'll be like, oh my God, I, I forgot how good this made me feel. Mm. And sometimes I'm lazy to do it. I'm like, I know it'll make exactly. me feel good, but I don't want to. <laughs> Same with the bad stuff. You know, you totally forget. You, what you just said is really powerful is that I'm so lazy. I don't do the things that are good for me. Right. You know, and it's the same with me is that the thing is um, we have to become very, very, very curious. Is that why is it that I don't do the things that nourish my soul and how can I do more of that? And what are those things? And just being curious about that. Uh, but I've been really analyzing that. You know, there are times like, let's say my, I give my mom a massage, for example, right? Like, let's say sometimes massage her because like she had a long day of work. Um, and at first, I just don't want to do it because it's just, it seems like, uh, it seems like it's taking over my time. But every time I do it, I feel so good after. Like, I feel so good. But I'm like, why is it that I naturally don't do this as, a, as a something that I want to do, you know? So... Um, anyway, something to just keep in mind is that you're right. Like the things that nourish us, sometimes it's hard to start, but when we do it after we feel exactly, really exactly. All right. Well, I think I got everything from you. This is like a little nice kit for quarantine for people to consider. That's a great, uh, that's a great name. You just said emergency kit quarantine. Kit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, this is so helpful. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for reaching out, Laura. Thank you for listening to Heartpicker Podcast. If you could share this with anybody who you think it could be helpful for, that would be amazing. Remember, I'm on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. And I will see you next week. Episode will be in Spanish. Goodbye.